0: Evernational Orienteering Podcast. Mapping Converse, Navigation Skill, Orienteering Competition. I <inaudible> Running like a motherfucker. Orienteering Podcast. Welcome to Iver National Orienteering Podcast. Uh, and as we are now in February, we can see that uh, there are some uh, races. Uh, uh, both in uh, South of Europe and uh, in uh, New Zealand, to talk about uh, in this episode. Uh, uh, but uh, first of all, we can uh, uh, take care of some uh, news uh, sections here, ivo.
1: Yeah, uh, I think uh, this, or the, the previous week, uh, just after we had recorded last week, some very interesting news broke uh, that Mathias Kubo, the yeah, the best orienteer of, of 2023 he is going for the olympic marathon in paris uh, in the summer um, and going yeah giving it a full go trying to reach the qualifier standard of two hours eight minutes and ten seconds um a speed that is incredibly fast over 42 kilometers uh, but if there is any orienteers that can do it it's probably the best one so it will be very interesting to see how he is managing this very, very difficult task. Uh, it feels very ambitious. I think if we go back to the previous Olympics in Tokyo, I think the qualifier standard was two hours, 11 minutes. Uh, and I think that could have been reasonable. Uh, 2.08, that sounds extremely fast. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think it's quite fast. And uh, as an uh, marathon uh, new beginner, it will be difficult. Uh, as one... Uh... Marathon runner in Norway said uh, he liked the most half marathon. Because then uh, if you were in good shape, you will run a good race. But uh, in the in the full marathon, you never know what will happen after uh, 30 k's.
1: Yeah, uh, and those those of our listeners that are following Qboots on social media and on especially on Strava have seen it coming for a long time uh, that he was going to run a marathon and he's already yeah, turned his training very very much uh, in de- the direction of a marathon uh, he's getting help from yeah, a legendary swiss marathon runner uh, with medals from i think it was from maybe world championship bin marathon but at least european championship uh, so like the biggest swiss marathon legend of all time is helping him with the training program uh, he's doing these 35 38 kilometer long runs at 330 speed uh, he's really going all in and it i mean it's it's uh, It suits well with his new, uh, with his new, space in life as a as a newly newly become father. He's, so he's not going away for orienteering training camps. He can do the marathon training on the flat roads from home, uh, and it will be interesting to see what he can do with the uh, four four and a half month of intense training for the Paris Marathon in the beginning of April. That will be his attempt to qualify.
0: Uh, and I also think it's uh, kind of a uh, mental also for him uh, after having uh, uh, world champs uh, uh, on home soil with a really great success and uh, also great success in all the other races last season in orienteering. Then it can be uh, good to yeah change the focus a, a little bit and uh, have some other challenges uh, to take care
1: of. Yeah, and I think it's uh, I think it's clear that it, it's not like he's changing full time to athletics or going for necessary for marathons in the future I think it's a um, the idea is probably that it is a, a one-time project um, I, I know that he has already flight tickets for both Milan and Jukola so I hope he's not going full full athletics runner
0: So will he will also fly in Tmila and Jukola you're you saying?
1: Yeah I mean uh, I think four months of uh, marathon running uh, mar- marathon training that is perfect for Jukola this year for the last leg there it's a, it's a very long last like 17, 18 kilometers. Very flat, very fast running. So marathon training is very relevant for that.
0: Yeah, and uh, if he will qualify, it will also be a good uh, good explanation of the orienteering. Uh, I think uh, every time they will mention uh, kibbutz uh, in the broadcast, uh, they will also mention the world oriente- word orienteering. <laughs> uh, and about uh, orienteers running fast... Uh, We have to uh, mention that also Samuel Pilstrom. He has been an orienteering runner and once an orienteering runner, always, as we say. Uh, He uh, had a uh, Swedish record indoor in uh, 1500 meters uh, last week. Yeah, it was the
1: time was 3:35. uh, Extremely fast, uh, but I still think he needs, yeah, around two seconds faster uh, to make the olympic wildfire uh, but yeah this you mentioned this was indoor and it, it's probably a bit faster to run outside and if he is in a good field i mean if you can do 335 you can you are not that far away from doing 333
0: uh no uh it's uh yeah and uh, at least it's a really good time uh, uh, even though it's uh yeah uh, some seconds behind the uh, qualifier uh, for international and also what Ingebrigtsen boys can do uh, it's uh uh, yeah you can go out and try on a on a on a track so uh, but from track running and marathon we can uh, take a look at what's happening this uh, weekend in uh, south in europe uh, first uh, in yeah. turkey
1: yeah in turkey we can start in turkey where there's been uh, yeah the antalya u meeting uh, world ranking events uh, a middle distance a long distance and a sprint race uh, not the, not the best competition uh, but yeah we saw some very good runners in the in the women's class Alexandra Hornick won all three races uh, with big margins in the in the middle distance and in the sprint uh, and then it was a bit closer in the long distance so I kind of expect her to maybe have taken that one as a, a bit of a training and not going full speed there uh, because if you look at the other two races she if she had a gone full speed in the long distance and with a good race she should have been far ahead of the others.
0: Uh, Yeah it looks like there is uh, the Polish national team had a training camp there uh, because uh, uh, we see the coach of the Polish national team is the winner in the men's class here.
1: Yeah the coach of the Polish national team Oleksandr Krato the legend himself Uh, and he is obviously still in, in good form because he he won both the forest races, uh, and quite clearly uh, in the middle distance, it was a short middle distance, only 27 minutes running time, and he was uh, more than two minutes ahead of Michel Olenik, and in the long distance it was three and a half minutes between them, and Michel Olenik is a, he's a, he's a solid runner, and he showed that uh, in, his, in the sprint that his form is, is not bad, because there he won with a big margin. So, Alexander Kerato—he's definitely a guy to look out for 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 key legs at Umeå and Ucklå also this year. Even if he's even if he's retired from international level, uh,
0: and uh, and some who is uh, not retired but uh, banned from international competitions uh, uh, were taking part there. Uh, quite interesting, I would say.
1: Yeah, interesting. That's a that's a mild word. Uh, I would say it's very controversial. Uh, we see Russian runners uh, running in both men's and women's class. Uh, in the women's class, we have Marina Trubkina. Uh, I think she was running jaywalk when it was in Norway, 2015 or something like that. Uh, I think I remember the name from that. Uh, and also in the men's side, uh, yeah, the former, yeah, the former superstar Valentin Novikov um, is also taking part. And yeah, Russian runners they are banned from IOF events. So I don't think they should be able to run as it is a world-ranking event. Uh, there was some drama in Sweden. I think it was in the spring of 22, just after the, the Russians and the Belarusian runners were banned from the world-ranking events. And where Russian runners were taking part in the Swedish League. And therefore, uh, the Swedish League races lost their st- status as the world-ranking event. And I kind of expect that to happen. Um, if it is the same rules, maybe it, it's something has happened that I'm not aware of. Uh, but it's uh, it, it looks a bit shady because on the result list from the organizers there the Russian runners are in the list, uh, but at the results they have uploaded to International Eventor there the Russian runners are removed. Um, so it looks it looks a bit shady, and it will be interesting to see if it it comes some off the play after this.
0: Yeah, that's the shady post, as you mentioned there, uh, when you're uh, working with two different uh, results lists after a race, then uh, you know there is something uh, going on.
1: Yeah, I, you know, of course, you remember the extreme case of the world military games in, in China, where the Chinese runners got caught for, uh, got caught for cheating. And then you know it. It wasn't just that they were not added in the result list as disqualified. They were they were uploaded new result list without the Chinese runners. The Chinese runners were removed from the start list. Like the organizers were trying to hide that there are Chinese runners that even ever taken part in the race. Um, so yeah, it's it's always a bit shady when um, when yeah when you have one list and then you have another list in another place.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely, but. Um... In uh, the Oceanian champs in sprint, uh, there is uh, one list, but uh, there was a uh, foreign runner winning or an auto uh, competition uh, winner in the women's class there. Yeah, in
1: uh, the women's class, Emma Biesmo won. And I mean, that's, that's no surprise. She's an established runner at the extremely high level internationally with a lot of good results. Um, but she was only two seconds ahead of uh, Nia Shingler um a young australian runner i think she's she's definitely still a junior this year but i wonder i think she's maybe junior even next year so she's only 19 this year uh, a runner that is very very interesting for the future she's already taking part in some yeah some world cup she has some decent results from the j walk uh, last year she was also running very good in the elite class in the danish sprint championship um so she's definitely a name that we should and um, yeah we should be following closely in the future. And now, as with the second place here behind Emma Biesmo, she is the Oceanian champion. So therefore, she should have a personal spot for the world championship. So she's going to have a interesting summer with uh, going to, yeah, first to J-Walk in Czech Republic and then to world championship in in Scotland a few, a few weeks later.
0: Uh, the winner in the men's class, uh, he will go the uh, last uh, place over there uh, till Scotland, but uh, here it was uh, quite interesting and quite tight, uh, and some interesting names.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of interesting names in the top of the list, but the, the winner is the yeah the the least famous of the top three. Uh, in third place, we have the comeback kid Ashton Key. Uh, yeah, thirty eight seconds behind. Not bad for first race in in a year. Uh, and with almost no running training in the in the last 13 months, um, but he got beaten by two New Zealanders. Uh, Tim Robertson also back from injury uh, took the second place, only one second behind. So he's obviously his recovery is going well. Um, we we saw last week that he in the North Gold Sprint he was not strong enough to last the full the full race, and in the final he had no chance. But here he. He did a yeah, it was a long sprint, seventeen minute winning time, and he's very competitive against a, a a strong Joseph Lynch. Um so it's good to see Aspen Key back in racing, it's good to see Tim Robertson back at the high level. And it's uh, very interesting to see Joseph Lynch winning again after winning the knockboard sprint last weekend. Uh, he now got the the sprint individual sprint as well, and then yeah, four spots for New Zealand, uh, two personal spots for Joe Lynch in the in the world championship, and now you know he has, yeah, five, five, six months to prepare for the world championship. And yeah, I think beating even if Tim and Aston has been injured, beating those guys uh, should be a big confidence boost for him.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there was also some uh, sprinting in uh, Portugal at the Avis uh, Orienteering weekend.
1: Yeah, the Avis O weekend, um, kind of a Warm-up race for the for the big the big stuff happening in Portugal the the coming weekend, uh, but yeah, and sometimes in these kind of yeah so these kind of smaller Portuguese world ranking events sometimes there are really good fields. Uh, this year, unfortunately, not a lot of good foreign runners, uh, but we saw yeah we saw in the women's class uh, in the sprint race um, Jenny Bergeson, uh, Swedish runner, winning quite clear ahead of Mila Matela from finland Uh, so some foreign runners in top there while the portuguese runner were dominating in the men's class where we saw ricardo esteves ferreira uh, the former super junior in my eyes in my mind uh, probably the biggest talent portugal has ever had in orienteering Uh, but unfortunately we haven't seen much of him since he had his really really good results in jaywalk five six seven years ago Uh, but he he won clearly here 31 seconds out of manuel Oliveira. And more than a minute ahead of number three, um, but yeah, uh, there was also a, a middle distance the day after uh, in the men's class. Luis Silva won, and in the women's class, Mila Matila won. Uh, but yeah, these runners are these are good runners. Uh, but now, when the palm is coming up the next week, uh, it's going to be uh, a, a little bit of different level there.
0: Yeah, talking about uh, good uh, runners, uh, uh, we have talked with. Uh... A good, uh, really good runner, and in, uh, in front of this episode that we will uh, you will hear from now, uh, uh, the youngster from Sweden, uh, Hanna Lundberg, taking a first individual world champs medal uh, the day she was uh, 21 years old in Switzerland this summer, uh, and uh, really talent there, I would say
1: uh, a massive talent. And you know, it's it's almost weird that Hanna Lundberg is only 21. Uh... I mean, she already won a World Cup more than two years ago. and She has won yeah, medals at World Championships. She has a lot of good results. Top three overall in the World Cup also. Um, and really established in the world elite already at the extremely young age. Uh, so she is uh, definitely a special runner that uh, Sweden potentially can enjoy for the next 15 years. Winning medals at the World Championship and European Championship and so on.
0: Uh, she actually won uh, her first World Cup uh, victory uh, from uh, start number one, and uh, then uh, there is uh, no need to complain about the uh, start position uh, anymore for a- anyone.
1: Well, you know, you can say, yeah, she won from number one, but if she had had a later start with more tracks, her, she would have been winning with more.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's possible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's possible. And yeah, I mean, it was the, the middle distance in Ybre. Uh, she did a fantastic race. And it was a race where we saw a lot of top runners having problems in the difficult hillsli- hills, hillsides. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it is possible to, to win from a suboptimal start position uh, if you're good enough.
0: Yeah, but uh, Noah, I think we should listen uh, and uh, hear if uh, she had have a suboptimal or optimal winter uh, so far. Orientering Podcast has uh, uh, reached out to Sweden and uh, Falun, actually, uh, where we have uh, have uh, no plan to talk with uh, Hanna Lundberg. Uh, how are you, Hanna? Uh,
2: hello, I'm fine.
0: Uh, we saw that you were racing in uh, Scotland uh, recently. Uh, how was it for you there?
2: Uh, it was quite OK, I guess. It's... Uh... Uh, different to compete uh, in sprint engineering in the middle of the winter training, so uh, um, that's nothing you're used to. But uh, it was really fun to be in Scotland and see see the environment and uh, yeah, see how it is in Scotland and see how uh, maybe get a little bit more prepared for the uh, uh, maybe upcoming comp- competitions.
0: Yeah, we saw that uh, both uh, Finnish team had a quite strong. Uh field there and also the Norwegian but it was uh, just something singular uh, Swedes uh, like you and Martin Regborn.
2: Yeah, exactly was... the, the team uh, didn't uh, plan to go there but then uh, me and Martin decided that we, we wanted to go and uh, we were coming straight from the, from the camp in, um, in Spain so uh, it was yeah a, a quite uh, quick decision to, to go there but uh, we, th- we think it was uh, worth it.
0: Yeah, the camp in Spain, uh, that was uh, both uh, sprint and forest, uh, as far as I uh, understood.
2: Exactly. We had first one uh, part that was sprint, uh, focus on the sprint, and then we had went down to uh, to Alicante and uh, had some focus on the forest.
0: Uh, what's your favorite uh, then?
2: Uh, I think uh, to this uh, upcoming season, I tried to focus a bit on the sprint, but I, I guess I liked both and tried to be better on both uh, when... Uh, I, th- I think I, I still have something to improve on both parts.
0: Yeah, but uh, also you have performed quite good in both. Uh, I remember already, uh, yeah, almost yeah, two and a half years ago, you uh, you uh, made it into the Swedish team in the sprint there in uh, Europeans in Switzerland. You were number five individual there or something.
2: Yeah, it, I don't know exactly the, the position, but uh, it was uh, I was surprising myself too uh, that uh, spring, that uh, I had t- taken so so big steps in the sprints, too, because before that I thought that I was just a force runner and uh, not had that, like, kick in the sprint. But uh, uh, it uh, showed up that it uh, fits me quite well, too.
0: Yeah, and uh, you're talking about the kick. Uh, what are you doing to uh, kick even harder in <laughs> season? Uh,
2: yeah, I try to, like, uh, implement that in the training, uh, in the everyday training, to have, like, strides in the slower ses- sessions too and um, the, right now in the middle of the winter I'm not doing that much. I think it will be more uh, during the spring when uh, w- now we do a lot of threshold, threshold training so I think we will do it more when we uh, um, we do it fa- faster in the spring.
0: Yeah you said you were in a on a camp in um, in Spain. Uh, is it uh, planned for more uh, camps also? Maybe the uh, uh, sprint camp in uh, in uh,
2: Mook or something? Yeah. Uh, yes, I haven't decided so far yet, but uh, I think I will go to France and Font-Romeu in uh, one and a half week. Uh, so that would be really fun to be in the high altitude. I think. Uh, good experience of that kind of training uh, and after that I will see what's what's happened. Uh, I guess there will be um, at least it will be focused on sprint and see even, even if I'm in Sweden or uh, out somewhere else it will be sprint focused on the upcoming camps.
0: Uh, for how long will you stay in the high altitude there uh, in France?
2: Three and a half week is the plan now.
0: Uh, are you planning some training uh, together with uh, Fossa Ebersold? Uh company there.
2: Yeah, I heard them w- that the, they were there. I, de- my pl- I didn't plan together with them, but uh, uh, perhaps we can uh, do something together when we're there at the same time.
0: Uh, and, uh, and when you're back from that, uh, you, you're not uh, decided yet uh, where the next uh, camps will be or
2: so on. No, exactly. Uh, I take it day by day and see how, how, how I feel after that uh, long camp. And uh, I want to be like mentally and physically prepared for the uh, for the season after that. So it's about uh, I think a lot of uh, my focus there would be that it's not getting too much, so I'm uh, overused when the season comes.
0: Uh, yeah, because uh, you have um, uh, you have been uh, you are quite young, but you have been uh, struggling with quite a lot of injuries. Uh... Uh, also, in uh, those years,
2: yeah, it has been at least one year. Was uh, I had a lot of injuries uh, or one uh, bigger injury? Uh, so it before that I had not I never been injured. But then that was my first first time, and I think I pushed it too hard uh, and didn't re- realize uh, how uh, how big the, the injury was. But after that, I have learned a lot and tried to to be on the right side of the, what do you say, limits or so.
0: Yeah, then we're talking 2022,
2: uh, aren't we? When exactly. You and yeah, yeah. Uh, last year, it, of course, it's a, sometimes you have some smaller injuries and it's all about challenging the limits. So you, you sometimes you go over, but it's about to realize as fast as possible that you need to take a step back and... Uh, Uh, be on the right side again so I think I handled that uh, really good last season and uh, um, maybe that's because I learned a lot from 2022. Yeah some guys uh,
0: told me that if you're having uh, not a little bit of pain when you're a top athlete you're not uh, training enough but uh, (laughs) that's the limit also you know. Yeah Uh,
2: that's uh, might be true in in one way but uh, at the same time it's um, you don't have to push that too hard because so i think uh, the elite athletes are really good to to like handle the pain so when we say we have a little pain it might be quite much so uh you need to be awake of that uh, injury, injury si- signs too
0: yeah and uh you you will be you said you will be mentally and physically ready for the season uh, when does that start for you uh, yeah when is it starting to getting uh... Important, so to say.
2: And now I don't have the exact dates in my head. uh, But I think we had a Swedish uh, start of the season in the end of March. But that will not be my focus. I think I will have it in the end of April or in the beginning of uh, May. Uh, But uh, as I said, I don't have the exact dates right now.
0: Yeah, and then we're talking selections or we're talking the World uh, First uh, round in the World Cup. uh, Uh, We will have
2: some selection races in Sweden first and then... uh, um during uh, in that competition, she will be selected for the World Cup and uh, after that, the World Champs. So it's uh, it's about doing well from the beginning to be to be on top at the World Cup, to be selected at the book. That's uh, that's the way to to come to book. It's quite uh, quite
0: tough in the Swedish team. Uh, the Swedish uh, women's team and the sprint both in orienteering and cross country are probably the best uh, in the world. Uh... Uh, you need to be 100% uh, also in the selections there, or
2: of course you need to be uh, 100% on uh, top. And uh, as you said, it's not easy to to get into the team, so I think not take nothing for uh, granted.
0: But but uh, we have seen you have, uh, as I said, uh, talked about uh, quite uh, successfully already in sprint. Uh, yeah, like in the Europeans, you were number eight and four in the two individuals there. Uh, then I. Uh, Assume that uh, there are some uh, podium positions you're aiming for uh, in Scotland.
2: Yeah, if if I ca- can uh, make it to Scotland, and uh, as we said, it is a really tough team to to be in. Uh, but if I I go there, my uh, my goal is to just run really, really fast, and uh, perhaps it can uh, be in, uh, lead to a good position too. Uh, but uh, it's hard to say on forehand how how this season will be. So. But, of course, you're dreaming about the medals.
0: Yeah, and uh, about medals, uh, you said you also uh, like the forest. Uh, There will also be uh, Europeans there in the forest uh, uh, in Hungary. Uh, How how is that for you? Uh, Does it suit in the season band? Um,
2: It's it's a difficult plan to both have the sprint and forest focus. And I've never been to Hungary, so it's uh, hard to say how it will uh, suit me. And uh, I will... Take it uh, yeah um, take it day by day and see how the forest shape is um, I think if you do a really good winter training the uh, the forest shape will be good too so uh, right now it's just about getting uh, better and see uh, what will what will happen after that uh,
0: about what will happen uh, we said that you're uh, in fallen right now and uh, uh, there are quite a lot of good uh, orienteering clubs there. Uh.
2: Uh, are they eager to get you in the team? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, really satisfied with running for Ukarien uh, and my uh, first club. And uh, uh, I think I will be with them uh, for uh, for some time uh, in the future too. Uh, so I'm really happy with them. But uh, of course, it's nice to be here and train with uh, uh, the fallen clubs and uh, other really good orienteers.
0: Is, uh, is it uh, that you can. Uh... Um, uh, yeah, maybe have more focus on the international uh, events, uh, and then it's uh, good to uh, run for uh, uh, yeah, I have to apologize for Ryan, and but a bit smaller club, uh... <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that's correct. And we're not that big and that have that big uh, elite section, uh, so of course, it's uh, both um, good and bad to, to be that. Uh, yeah, smaller club, uh, but uh, um, yeah, it's sometimes it's easier to focus on the international, and you don't have to be in that hundred percent shape when it's like Tiamila or so. Uh, but uh, still, you want to to be to be good when running for the club because I want to re- represent them. So um, it's a give and take there.
0: Yeah, so uh, so uh, you you will uh, mainly mainly have the uh, quite uh, individual focus, but uh, also. Uh, be there for the club but also in the relay are you to, uh, you will also run uh, vanla or Jukola relay
2: for them oh I haven't decided yet uh, we will see if the if the club uh, make it to Jukla or if we stay at home so um, I take it uh, later in the in the spring I think
0: yeah you, uh, you have not decided what what, uh, uh, what uh, is uh, the plans uh, then later? Uh... Uh, quite important, I think, the final of the this World Cup season. It's quite interesting to see uh, uh, yeah, a pre-World Champs, I would say, in Finland.
2: Yeah, of course, that's a um, big goal the World Cup um, ends too. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, it's a good kickoff to the upcoming season. So uh, maybe it's just about coming there, seeing how it is and see what you need to do. I think it's not that different from what I've heard so far. Is that it? It doesn't. It isn't so uh, different from, from Sweden. So I think it uh, would be uh, nice to be there and get that uh, and see that by her, by yourself. So, um, but of course, it's a focus to to make it to the team there too.
0: Make uh, make it to the team. Uh, quite. Uh... Quite uh, low ambitions for a <laughs> girl who had a uh, medal in they... the forest, uh, this uh, last
2: season. I, yeah, I... <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's always about being uh, healthy and uh, be free, free from injuries. And uh, uh, then it might be, uh, yeah, and then it's easier to make it to the team. But you never know what's happened.
0: No, but uh, yeah, about to make it to the team and uh, the strong team. You said uh, you have been in... Uh, Spain uh, training with the team. Uh, yeah, how, how uh, would you have uh, make it to the team uh, <laughs> in, in uh, so far in the
2: season? Yeah, I think I. Um, with, it's hard to compare in the middle of the winter. We we all train different and are uh, have trained. Yeah, so so different so far. And uh, um, but uh, I think I it looked good and I'm happy with the results there. So. Uh, I think uh, I'm where I want to be uh, during this training. Later.
0: Yeah, so you had good uh, answers uh, there in the training camp, uh, and, uh, and you have, uh, have a good, uh, yeah, looking good for you this uh, coming months also.
2: Yeah, I, I'm uh, happy with the results of the training, as I said, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to the, to the upcoming camp and see what, what I can do and uh, what I can improve um, Yeah, the upcoming months.
0: Yeah that uh, that sounds uh, good uh, Hanna it was uh, nice to hear uh, about uh, both uh, plans and ambitions and uh, yeah we, we, we wish you good luck uh, and a uh, nice journey to France
2: thank you so much for
0: the last part to go Hanna Lundberg there uh, and uh, your bullet point from uh, that talk Eva uh,
1: well, it seems like her training is going well. Uh, I think she got good answers at the, at the races in Scotland last weekend. Uh, and yeah, going to three weeks to altitude camp in Font-Treme, uh that sounds also like a good plan. So I would say it, it sounds like she's uh, very much on route uh, during the winter training. And I think, yeah, it's no... Uh, no reason to pretend that uh, like Hanna Lundberg isn't one of those girls who really can challenge to Alexander in the future. Maybe already, probably this year. Um, yeah, she's part of the super strong Swedish team, um, and yeah, even if it's hard to qualify, I think the the level Hanna Lundberg has shown in the previous years, and uh, when the training goes well, uh, I, I'm I'm fully expecting her to. Qualify quite easy for the team, even if she's maybe only at ninety-eight percent at the selection races, and then she can be at hundred percent when it really matters.
0: Yeah, and it uh, sounds like she is uh, taking care of her uh, body and uh, mind. Uh, uh, She has uh, learned something about uh, her injury problems in uh, twenty twenty-two. Now she's taking more care and uh, have a margin in the training and uh, everyday day life.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think uh, she's also in a. Yeah, you were touching in on that uh, her situation with the uh, with the club. She's running for a very small club. Uh, She said it herself. There's like no pressure on her for the for the big relays. If the team goes, then she can go and do the first leg and have fun and have a nice experience. Uh, But she can, yeah, she can fully focus on her her individual goals and her individual training. And yeah, some runners like it this way. Other runners they really want to to feel the pressure of uh, running in a big relay team aiming for the top results. Uh, but yeah, we, she's really really good already at a very young age, so it's uh, impossible to say that it's wrong to be it's a wrong tactic to run for a small club and, and have the relays as a more of a fun experience and not like a proper competition.
0: Uh, it's many, uh, many runners uh, who have uh, yeah, maybe not destroyed, but um, it's been a bump in the road for the world champs uh, being running Jukla or I think, yeah, when it's uh, not optimal to, to combine those races. So uh, if you are uh, like her in a situation where it's uh, yeah, no uh, pressure, uh, you can uh, do uh, really, really a choice based on yourself. Uh, and it's interesting, she's uh, really having sprint focus now. And uh, yeah, uh, can she take a medal in uh, Scotland?
1: Definitely. Um, can she? I think the question should be, can she win? Because that's more of an uncertainty. Uh, but yeah, we saw this year in the European Championship that uh, um, Sarah Hagström was able to beat to Alexander. We saw in the World Championship last year that Megan Carter-Davis was able to beat to Alexander. Uh, I I think there is no reason uh, why Hannah Lundberg also can't do that. Um, so, but yeah, we will see. I think uh, she's depending of uh, continuous good winter training. Uh, she needs to get the, the. She said she's doing a lot of threshold running now, and then when the really season is heating up, she needs to get the the right speed in her legs and also you know get the the right feeling with the sprint technique. So there's a lot of puzzle that has to be falling in the right right direction, but. Now, five five and a half months before World Championship, six months before World Championship. It would be it would be stupid to not name Hanna Lundberg as one of the clear medal contenders.
0: Uh, and about uh, Megan Carter Davis uh, beating Tuva Alexanderson, uh, we uh, it will be exciting to see Megan Carter Davis uh, uh, the coming weekend in Portugal orienteering meeting. Yeah, uh, that will be uh, this weekend's biggest competition, and maybe this winter's. Uh, one of this winter's biggest competition in Europe. Yeah, I uh,
1: in my eyes is Portugal meeting the biggest race between you know from November until March every year. Portugal meeting is the biggest race. Yeah, sometimes uh, the starting field is is not superb. Uh, other times, other years it's absolutely amazing level with so many good runners. Uh, I would say this year it looks to be a bit of a middle year, um, not that many from yeah if you say from the top 25 top 30 in the world ranking not not a lot of runners here uh, but still uh, the depth in the start fields in portugal meeting is always very very good and we also have some very strong names running uh, or at least being entered you never know uh, you mentioned megan carter davis we have heard some rumors about her struggling a bit with injuries uh, during the winter Uh, So, it will be interesting to see what kind of form she's bringing to Portugal. Uh, I mean, it's still a long way to go to the big targets, and maybe we'll see her in full training mode and maybe running some days fast and some days slow. Um, So, yeah, but yeah, there is uh, a lot of good runners uh, in the women's class. It's hard to point that one, yeah, one big, big favorite. Um, If I had to. If I had to pick one just from the scro- scrolling through the the result uh, the entry list quite fast, I, I might put a star at the, behind the name of Hanna Wisniewska, the polish very very fast Polish runner. Um but yeah, it's it's hard to know with these kind of races like Pom because it's the overall it's four races, but there's also yeah, two of the races are world-ranking events, and many times we see good runners going fast for the World ranking events, and then slower for the, for the for the the non world ranking events, meaning that they have no priority with the overall. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely Hanna Wisniewska, Alexandra Hornick as well, um, and we also see a very interesting start in Ida Bubach. Um, she's she's entered, and it will be interesting to see what level she is at, because yeah, I mean if she has been training a little bit, she can be. Really, really good also.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, And uh, then we can challenge you on uh, picking a favourite in the men's loss. Uh, Maybe he is from Sweden or Finland.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the the two biggest favourites has to be uh, Topi sura from Finland uh, and Simon Hector from Sweden. And then I'm also very interested in seeing uh, the Swiss runner Jonas Ecker uh, he's been living in Sweden for the last half year, and it seems like his training has been going well. And um, yeah, he's a guy that has been having some very good international results some some years ago. He missed most of last year because of injuries. Um, but he's definitely a guy that should be able to compete compete with Sierraline and Hector if he's, if he's in decent form and is motivated to do to do all the four races uh, full speed.
0: And uh, you have also may- maybe some of the Swiss juniors uh, you will have uh, have your eyes on here.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah. You know, we had. Uh, I'm now that we are recording Monday evening. I came home from the yeah the first proper training weekend with the with the junior team uh, just a few hours ago. Um, and yeah, some of the some of the juniors are going yeah almost directly from our training weekend uh, down to Portugal. Um, and yeah, but I think uh, it's it's hard for the juniors to compete at the elite level. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we will see some good results from the Swiss juniors. Uh, that would be a nice confidence boost. But I mean, it's uh, yeah, these races when you're when you I mean these races it's not that much about the results, and especially not when you're uh, when when you're a junior. Then it's more about yeah, going down, get get some new experience from from a new type of terrain uh, and get some racing routines.
0: Yeah, and uh, most of all, uh, good uh, good uh, technical training all the week and uh, some good temperatures. But, uh, of course, uh, I said you will have your eyes on the, uh, some Swiss juniors and uh, we will all, we- of course, uh, have our eyes on the results uh, in all the th- uh, four races, even though uh, some uh, may have some jogging for uh, being uh, 100% in the world ranking races.
1: Yeah, and, you know, hopefully next week we will also have some uh, some interesting results from orienteers in different sport. Um, because, yeah, now that we're recording on Monday, today the star- it started the, the Junior World Championship in cross-country skiing. And I saw a, a very familiar Finnish name on the list there, uh, Silva Kempe. I think she's been running J-Walk for Finland the last two years. And she is a very, very good cross-country skier. Uh, last year she won medals in this European Youth Olympic Festival, uh, and it will be interesting to see what she can do at the at the Junior World Championship in skiing. Um, I think, yeah, a medal is 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 probably not out of reach, uh, but at least a, a top ten should be doable. So, I, I'm a big, big cross country fan, and I will I always enjoy watching the juniors, uh, Junior World Champs. So, I will definitely have a. Yeah, following Silva Kempe a bit extra, and hopefully she will be doing good results.
0: Yeah, uh, from juniors and skiing to veterans, uh, there was a veteran in Norway doing good also this weekend. Uh, You may have heard of him, Petter (laughs) Nordtug.
1: Yeah, and yeah, for those who are not really big cross-country fans, Petter Nordtug is one of the one of the biggest stars of. All time, a bit of a controversial guy, and now a few years, five years or something after he retired, he he had a really really good race in the in the Norwegian Cup, and the media is going crazy. Uh, like, yeah, is, can he go to the World Champs? Can he go back to the World Cup, even if he's almost forty years old? So I mean, we would probably do the same. We would go crazy if, uh, yeah, if Ulla Lundanes or Thierry Shusho shows up at the, a race and are doing really well, then we would also start talking about the comeback.
0: Yeah. uh, Next week, we will uh, talk about uh, maybe not so many comebacks, but uh, uh, those who will uh, come and uh, be the highlights of uh, the 2024 season, maybe. So uh, keep listening to
2: us. Thanks for
0: now.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Mannen dro ut og løp orientering, med kart og kompass og med rektige sko. Siktet så gare til beste notering, for kroppen var lett og god. Ivor Nasjonal Orientering Podcast. Map and Converse.
0: Navigation skill. Orienteering competition. Jeg har bommet noe jævlig på,
1: og bosset tarp på. like a motherfucker. Ivor Nasjonal Orientering Podcast.